Blog Talk Radio. Peace to the God. You already know, man. Bohemian wizardry, you fraud them thieves be killing me. The enemy is close. We both lies on our identity. I build like he who stepped, architect like M. Hotel. Son had the son himself, the guard deadly with the art. I fit dark with a slit heart. You can feel it in your bone marrow before the shit starts. Standing in the cold with a scroll that was written in gold. Behold the old glimpse that was never untold. Infinite like the eight seven dwelling in your melon. No felon, though the unrighteous say that I'm rebellious. I'm primal, my rhyme suicidal. I worship no idols. My style of the gems going down in a spiral. You stuck in your root. My intelligence passed my cool. The God is the truth. Every time I step in the booth, you stepped on the stoop. Got Scooped and swooped in my loop Do the knowledge where I conceive Get played like flu It was the son of a saw A gift from the gods Who rules flying through the sky With golden wings Submerged into the light Naughty body golden king With the scepter of justice Melanin cultivating chi Until we are ethereal Finally becoming one With the righteous sun Solar Souls are raw Magnificent glow With unconditional love Scattered rays for days From the heavens above Soul below The souls Just trapped in the lowest depths of hell Incarnated into 76 trillion cells To break free We must be refined Masculine and feminine properties combined The devil is the author of confusion 183,000 divisions Religion, denomination, sets, code, schisms, and isms. Though isn't it written in the Bible that Jesus spoke in parables? The scriptures and gospels aren't just historical. Many passages weren't meant to be taken literal. Most of it is allegorical based on esoteric principles. Baptist versus Methodist, Pentecostal holiness versus Jehovah Witness, Mormons versus Seven Day Advances, skeptics, atheists, and agnostics, divine and cosmic tactics of the reptilians, lower fourth dimensional aliens. So beware of the draconian Satanists. Though they aim to imprison all true beings through ignorance. Though we crush the head of Leviathan. Battle my control. Suggestion, brainwashing, indoctrination, using religious politics, education, economics, health and labor, entertainment and war, no sex and war. In this chessboard game called life, we've all been pawns. Puppets on strings controlled by demonic spawns. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. May my spirit and your spirit spring forth with the Jaguar. That's what that says. I am your host tonight. I'm Brother Fahim El Bay, filling in for, for Brother Dr. Asur Aleem Mutapak El Bay. I'll be your host for tonight, and our topic for tonight will be about Atlantis and. Elmuria. Elmuria was commonly known among certain circles as Lemuria. But as uh, Dr. Aleem says, that was designed to, uh, reason why they call it Lemuria, because it was designed to throw a lot of us off. But actually, it's Elmuria, one of the 
five noble names of the five civilized tribes of North America. And a lot of you, those of you uh, ever been to Okinawa, I've been to Okinawa, and if have you ever heard of a sunken city that's right off the coast of Okinawa? Pyramids, roads, uh, some of everything, sunken everything. Which did, uh, it is it is a fact, an actual fact. You know, uh, those of you that can afford to do the research. And I would advise you to do it to uh, what I'm talking about tonight. Uh, I'm also dealing with uh, the indigenous history, the aborigine history of American of America today, also, cause, because all this ties in together. It's now also uh, as a land in the Pacific, which is as sunken now, and now it's a bunch of islands. The bunker island called the Marshall Islands, uh, Kwajalein, uh, the Gilbert Islands, Caroline Islands, the Marianas, and so forth, and to the Hawaiian Islands, Maui, Hawaii, Maui, Hawaii, for instance, really is the another ancient word for moor, which means land. Okay. So this is what the topic tonight, topic tonight, and this is what I'm going to speak on, uh, dealing with Atlantis of the Atlantic Ocean, which it was an actual land called the Atlantic, like Atlantis. Some of you mystics that uh, read books about, uh, written by um, Manly P. Hall and other mystics dealing with Atlantis where the Atlantic City and Atlanta got its name from, Atlanta, Georgia got its name from, where Atlantic City got its name from, Atlantic City, New Jersey, and where the Atlantic Ocean is named after the great landmass Atlantis. There's no, uh, there's no uh, coincidence on that. Uh, that is very true. So, uh Dealing with, uh, read something here uh, called The Children of Mu. It's dealing with Elmuria or Lemuria, whatever you want to call it. Okay. It says here on page 61. I'm, no, I'm going to start from page 60. Okay. It says here, Legend. One became two. Two produced three. From this three, life was continued on. Continuation is shown in the glyph for numeral four. In this glyph, the bars on one end are not are not closed or enclosed. The end is a line unattached to anything with the ancient symbol for uncompleted being carried on but unfinished. I wish I had a uh, setup where I can uh, show you what I'm talking about. Uh, map, whatever, show you what I'm talking about. But I don't, so bear with me. Okay? I must also note the number one glyph, a single enclosed bar. A, a similar bar was used by the Nagas. Nagas meaning the meaning serpents, meaning the wise ones. Okay? Nagas. 
as the glyph for naming the numeral five. They made their count in fives to avoid naming the numeral ten. Ten was the numeral symbol of the deity, and for this reason was looked upon as being too sacred to use or mention. Thus they made their count to fives for ten, three fives, or fifteen, and so on. It says here, the Tuchacuan Pyramid, which is a pyramid in Mexico. In this celebrated pyramid, there are many inscriptions. I have selected one in particular for this work. First line reads one, two, three, same as the Brazilian writing. All these dealing with Mexico, Central America, and South American continent, and the enjoying islands, okay? The first line reads one, two, three, same as the Brazilian writing. The lines are bars. Here are the pure Iwagur. They are not enclosed as with the carrion, generally. In the second and third lines, the ancient Yurga glyph for man is shown, men. The first line, one of three, second line, men, man is given having two bars. It says man with the dual principle. The dual principle meaning the higher and the lower self. Because all of us have a higher and a lower self. All of us, the God is within us, and so is devil, the devil as well. But the devil is everything that hates, lewd. You know, that is the devil within us. That is the lower half. The higher self is God within us. That is God within us. Allah is within us. As most Muslims and Muslims will say. Okay? Now, okay, it says here, the Lao Tse Dao De King, a Chinese book written 600 B.C. Reason, Dao created one. Dao spelled T-A-O. Okay, those of you that, uh, that study Daoism, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, one became two, the two produced three. From, the, from these three, all mankind descended. Most of the Dao De Ging is made extracts from the Uyghur copy of the sacred inspired writing of Mu. Mu is the, is the same place as El Muria or Lemuria, which was in, the, was, was, was in, in the center of the Pacific Ocean. As I said before, now it has been it has drowned. A lot of volcano eruptions uh, had happened there and earthquakes and so on. So now it's a bunch of group of islands. I know some of you have uh, saw it on the news uh, about the certain uh, Kilauea uh, island in the Hawaiian Islands. But they're still raging on with this volcano uh, uh, problems. So I don't know whether that island is going to get ready to sink or what. No time will tell on that. Okay. Uh, here is the call the most of the Dao De King is made up of extracts from the early copy of the sacred inspired writings of Mu, which is Aum, A-U-M. It's an inscription that has baffled all scholars and scientists throughout the world, the Hindus included, for more than 2,300 years. Its, its import was lost with the Nagals were driven out of India by Brahmins. Many scholars have attempted to fathom its meaning. None have, however, arrived 
in any satisfactory meaning or conclusion. Even the oldest are very indefinite as examples. Manava, Dharma, Sastra, the three words in ancient Hindu book, book 2, Sloka 74. In the beginning of the infinite only existed, called Aditi. In this infinite dwelt Aum, A-U-M, whose name must precede all prayers and invocations. That means all prayers, regardless what religion uh, you belong to. I don't care if it's Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, uh, Judaism. They're all. It means all the same. Okay? Okay, let me break this down a little bit more for you. As I read the read along. Book of Menu, ancient Hindu, Sloka seventy seven. The monosyllable all means earth, sky, and heaven. Okay? As regards the three letters A U M, little can be gathered excepting that gift that one be bought together in the word Om. They are said by Menu to form a symbol of the Lord of all created things. Brahma. Brahma, if you, uh, the word Brahma, okay, let's deal with the word Brahma. If you turn it backwards, it means Abraham. See how a lot of these things are the same, are the same. This is Hindu, but you uh, will find Abraham in the Bible and the Torah and the Pentateuch. And the, and the Quran as well. Because why? Because they all came from one root source, from the same, from the same system. They all came from the same source. There were those of you that would disbelieve, or those of you that would not agree with me. That's okay too. But I have more than overwhelmingly facts that it does. Okay, let me move it along. H.T. Colebrook in Asiatic Research says, according to Noruka, which is the ancient glossary of the Vedas, the syllable Om refers to every deity. Every deity. It could be Allah, Buddha, it could be Krishna, it could be, you know, it could be, uh, you know, uh, Elohim could be any one of those deities. Does it make any difference? Okay. The Brahmins may reserve for their initiates an esoteric more ample than given by Menu. Esoteric meaning hidden or secret. Okay. I don't want nobody to miss or misunderstand what, uh, some of the words I'm pronouncing here. Noruka is a Brahminical version of the Vedas. The Vedas are stolen from the Nautical writings and changed by the Brahmins to accomplish a diabolical end and to foist the sublime thoughts of the world as their own writings. The original Vedas are Nautical writings. The Nautical's knowledge one deity only. I'm going to pronounce this again. The Nautical's knowledge one deity only. Therefore, when the Naruka mentions every deity, it means that there are more deities than one. 
This is clearly an alteration, a Brahminical link change from the original writings. Om conveys, conveys identically the same meaning and conception of the mis- mysterious writing and even the Mexican tablet, number 2379. The only difference between the two is in form of writing. The mysterious writing and the Mex- and the Mexican tablet are written in the old temple esoteric numeral writing, while the Om is written in alphabetical heretic symbols. Thus, for example, A, the Ahua, masculine, the father, U, the female, pronounced she, the mother, M, man, the, indent- the engendered, the son. The Brahmins formed a complicated theology around the original conception, absolutely incomprehensible to the people. I know you have heard heard a lot of people uh, uh, doing uh, their rituals and their um, their uh, 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 their meditations. You know, they make certain sounds. Ooh, you know. The A U M sound, you know. Uh, just hold on for a minute. I, I, I can, uh, uh, I can um, this sound for you, so you can see or hear what I'm talking about. Okay. Start with the A U M. It's pronounced, or it's, it is harmonized this way. It is. That way, or some people do it with a flat eight sound. head of our motherland, Mu, and he is the mouthpiece of the greater creator. This is particularly valuable writing and shows that this civilization flourished at the time Mu was above water because this temple was under her jurisdiction. Therefore, before Mu was submerged, Mu sank about 10,000 B.C., thus showing these tablets to be over 12,000 years old and that this great American civilization also dates back more than 12,000 years. Many American civilizations had preceded this one, as shown in Nevin's first discovery, 29 miles off Mexico City. So it shows you that uh, when we say that we are the indigenous or we are the aboriginal indigenous people, we as Moors or Asiatic people, uh, we have a lot of backing and a lot of evidence that can back know what we say up is not just talk or not hearsay you know we have a lot of proof and also uh if you look at a lot of the u.n charters the united nations dealing with indigenous people uh we are the the washita we are the washita i am washita i am washita of the choctaw clan 
I am Washita, meaning we are the oldest that had been declared by the United Nations and by 144 nations that we are the oldest group of people on earth. That means the Washita supersedes over any or every tribe or nation in Africa, here in the Americas, Australia, and New Zealand. You don't just have to take my word for it. Just look it up. Do your own research. And when I give these lectures on the blog talk show, I don't want anyone to just take my word for it because I said so. We don't want to do that. Eileen don't want you to do that. We don't want you to do that. You have Brother Aleem and Kadira, El Bay. You have uh, other brothers and sisters, uh, Brother Elahu Crescent Bay. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Brother, uh, uh, and I'm talking about, well, also Brother Elahu Crescent Bay also. I don't want to leave him out. But brothers like us, sisters, brothers and sisters like us, we don't want you all to just take what we what we say. We don't just believe it because we told you so. We want to, you to do your own research and check it out for yourself, and do your own research, and then you do, then you you know you you uh uh let that be the answer for yourself. Just don't take our word for it. We don't want you to believe us what we said. Find out what we said, what was true, and find out that it is true. Okay. It says here, <clears throat> they made settlements. Okay, I'm starting right here. The Carians came from direct from the motherland and formed settlements among the Amazonian Sea, the Amazons, along the southern shore. They eventually became a kingdom for future reference. I will call this the Carian Kingdom, although there is much to believe that they called themselves Chancas whether the canals were formed before the Carrion Kingdom was established or in it afterwards. I have found no records to say either this kingdom or a successor was in existence up to within 1,500 years ago. Apparently, as soon as their settlements were firmly established along the shores of the Amazonian Sea, these Carrions or Carrions commenced to extend themselves in an easterly direction. They made settlements along the eastern coast of South and Central America. Maya records state that they were along the coast of Central America, uh, Mayaks. During the time of Queen Mu, she lived according to the Toronto MS 1600 years ago. The Carrion still persists along the Central American states. They are not pure-blooded, however. They have much... They have, listen very closely... They are not pure-blooded, however, they have been very much mixed with so-called Negro blood and generally are in a degraded state. The Caribbean Sea was named after the Carians. I hope the, uh, most of you have heard that. All right.
Okay, I'm back. It says here. Hold on a minute. It says here, dealing with South America, during my early studies of the prehistoric past, South America puzzled me more than any other spot on Earth. There is stood a vast continent of land next door to the motherland, so to speak, yet not yielding a word about the Earth's first great civilization. Although adjoining lands, Central and North America were full of records, to think that South America contained no such records seemed to me to be inconceivable especially when we find both Oriental records and South Sea Island legends telling us that the children of the motherland sail all over the world in their ships. If all over the world, South America being next door, then South America must must certainly have been included and remains of the Earth's first great civilization had to be found there somewhere. But there she stood with me like a piece of a jigsaw puzzle that did not fit into my checkerboard of man's first great civilization. I was thrown off I was thrown off the scent by accepting the scientific reports about the Incas. Those of you that heard of the Incas know what I'm talking about, which have which went gone into profound, perfectly perfectly erroneous the theories of untrained archaeologists. During my last trip through Tibet at one of the Western monasteries, I found some large tablets which, which on examination proved to contain maps of various parts of the earth. Among these maps was one which I recognized as South America. Its date was marked by the positions of certain stars and constellations. Astronomers. Okay, astronomers. Astronomers, um, okay. Astronomers tell me it was 25,000 years ago that these stars were in the position given. This map gave me a clue to many things I have failed to understand. South America, although unquestionably one of the richest archaeological fields on Earth, has yet to have the first archaeological sod turn on it. 25,000 years, according to this map, two great streams of colonists were crossing the center of South America Hmm. in boats, not flying boats, but honestly, to goodness, sit tight on the water boats, boats propelled with sail and sweep. They were going from the motherland in the Pacific Ocean to Atlantis and points beyond, even through the Mediterranean Sea as far as Asia Minor. No scientist or archaeologist appears to have connected South America with an ancient civilization, yet a great civilization existed there before the motherland was submerged. And tens of thousands of years before those old monkey men of Europe, scattered their bones around very promiscuously to baffle and mystify future scientists. Before going to the ancient, I, I shall reverse the regular 
order of things in review what has been written about the ancient history of South America. The most prominent of these writings are about the Incas of Peru. Let us see what has been said about them, because instead of being ancient, they are only of yesterday. It says here, Peru. Peru is celebrated for her Inca civilization. The Incas were not a prehistoric people, nor can they ever be classified as an ancient people. The name Inca was taken from the name of their king or ruler, who was called the Inca. The Inca, previous to the, their election of a king, they were mixed. They were a mixed people. Among them were the Quiches from Central America, who immigrated to Peru from Guatemala and settled with the people who were occupying the land, who were called Amaras. The influx of the Quiches into Peru was a friendly character, just as Europeans came to the United States today and settled down among us. I'm going to repeat that again. It says here, the influx of the Quiches into Peru was of a friendly character, just as Europeans came to the United States today and settled among us. So that means we were here before them. Okay, The Inca Empire was not prehistoric, nor can it in any way be claimed as such. It was formed by highly civilized people who have been shut in and unknown to the outer world up to 400 years ago when they were discovered by the Spaniards through whom the great civilization was wiped out. The Inca Empire commenced between A.D. 900 and A.D. 1000 and ended with the Spanish conquest of A.D. 1532 so that it lasted only about 500 years. And oh, again, when I say A.D., that means in the year of domination, not in the in the year of Christ. Like a lot of people try to, you know, uh, especially in your churches, try to teach that nonsense, okay? And, not, and it also, it doesn't mean... In the year of our Lord, like the what they say in the so-called Roman uh, Latin, in the Moorish Latin, it means in the year of domination. All right, let me move on. The Inca dynasty was composed of thirteen emperors, of or Incas. The name of the first and founder was Manco, Kamak. Tradition say he married his sister, which was the law as to preserve untainted, untainted royal blood, as is well known in the practice of the uh, practice also prevailed in ancient Egypt and Mayax. The birth of the, Mon- of the Manco Comac is surrounded with various myths. One tradition or myth says he was born of the sun. This myth intimates that the celestial orb and had quite a large and interesting family in Peru. Another myth states that his mother was unmarried, woman of highly family, of high family. Finding herself with child, she went and lived in one of the islands of Lake Tutacaca to hide her shame until her son had reached manhood. She came ashore one uh, shame ashore with him and presented him 
to the people being of divine conception, uh, said to be their king. The people believed her tale and elected her, elected him Inca. There is an unpublished Peruvian manuscript in the British Museum or London Museum written in the beginning of the year A.D. 1631 by a Jesuit priest named Anello Alivo, which states that the ancestors of Manco Comac, who founded the Inca dynasty, was or were, were colonists from Central America called Quiches, uh, Quiches, the native language of Peru. Okay, let me move along here. Okay. Now, here dealing with the Peruvians practice ceremonies that have been considered Oriental only and only and had caused much speculation among scientists. They can be traced as coming through the two sources, first from the motherland, Mu, second through their Spanish conquerors. The Spaniards who invaded and conquered South America came from the south of Spain, where everything partook of Moorish atmosphere and themselves were half Moors in all of their conceptions. Anybody heard this? I'm going to repeat this again. The Spaniards who invaded and conquered South America came from the south of Spain, where everything partook of a Moorish atmosphere, and they themselves were half Moors in all of their conceptions. All right. So to the present-day Peruvian, uh, retain many of the ancient customs before drinking from a vessel, a few drops of liquid or poured on the or poured on the earth, and before eating, anything solid, a few crumbs are scattered on the ground, as they repeat, to Pacha Mama, thus acknowledging the Mother Earth. Thus, Pacha Mama means Mother Earth, that all that was <clears throat> sustained life comes from her. Here we have a shadow of the motherland, Mama. Mama, M-A-M-A. Mama is a word direct from the mother, tongue. Mu means ma, and ma or mama means earth, depending depending on where and how used. So you got a lot of people saying that uh, I don't call my mother mama. I call her mother. But what you uh, what they need to do is do more research. And do until ancient history, where did mother come from? The Oslo comes from the ancient Egyptian ma, like you dealing with the word mason. This means mother's son. You can ask every uh, brother or man in any Masonic order or fraternity. Just ask them, and, uh, are we all our mother's sons? We all are mother's sons for all the brothers that are listening to this show tonight. It also can mean son or child of light. Okay? Just don't take my word for it. Do your own research. Okay? 
No cake. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> second, the black skin, kinky hair, flat nose, thick lip, coarse featured. I'm going to say Negro, but uh, that's what uh, it says in this book. So bear with me. I don't talk like this, but bear with me, okay? All right. Read it over again. Start from here. Okay. See, I have a picture here. I wish I could show it to you. The types of the Saucy Islanders. Gaul, the chief of Solomon Island. Head hunting tribe. Pure Negro. The young lady is a native of Tahiti, having the symbol of the sacred four on her on her dress. The beautiful sister. Okay, I said, hitherto to no one has attempted to answer these questions. Upon what I have found in Oriental records and remains in Easter Island in Asia Minor, I am about to offer a suggestion for some enterprising archaeologists to follow up. First, let us marshal that facts they are said and laid them out on order and see, and see to whom they point. The Tibetan ancient tablet map shows that in ancient times they were were no mountains, and that which is now the Amazon River Valley was then a landlocked sea. The canals referred to in South America lie directly opposite to Easter Island, then Easter Point and Port. A tribe of colonists left the motherland from Port Easter and migrated east as far as Asia Minor. They were called sometimes Karas, sometimes Karians. Their remains and wrecks are to be traced from the western shores of South America through the Amazonian Sea on to the including Asia Minor, though southeastern parts of the motherland was the Carrion country. This would have concluded that what is now Easter Island. In the quarry at Easter Island, there is today an unfinished statue of 70 feet long. It is being carved in a pit formed on the side of a cliff. From Easter Island, let us go to Baalbek in Asia Minor. Here at Baalbek, we find a stone 1,200 tons in weight ready to be taken to the building for which it was intended. The method of acquiring these stones is particular to these two stones, only as far as I know, and I might say mo- most unusual, to, for instead of being brought in the rough and tool in the open, they are cut, carved, and finished in horizontal Positions lying in pits out of which they would have to be lifted. How did the ancients lift a 70-foot monolith out of a pit? And how did they lift a 1,200-ton stone out of a pit and transport it to the top of a hill and there set it up? These are questions for our mechanical engineers to answer. It's beyond me. And this art is a big question for any mechanical science. How could you lift a 1,200-ton stone, not a rock, 1,200-ton stone 
Okay? How do they do that in these ancient times? Okay? As shown, the original homes of the Carians were in the section where Easter Island now stands. The early people in Asia Minor were Carians. As the two stones mentioned are being quarried in the same identical and unusual manner, it suggested that the people who were quarrying these stones were the same. It may be argued that the East Island work is crude and that the Baalbek that the Baalbek work per excellence and not to be surpassed today. This is true, but some thousands of years transpired between the two carvings. I want a lot of you to bear witness because I'm getting I'm getting to it. Okay. The Easter Island statue, uh, statue, uh, <clears throat> statuary was called before the mounds raised, and the Baalbek work was done after the mounds were raised. It has always been interesting the question to be answered: What became the what became of the people who called the Easter Island statuary? We can only judge by what we find on the island today. We find unfinished work, which means a sudden stoppage of the work, which was not resumed destruction of some sort. One of the Easter Island tablets says that the island was once a part of a big continent. Okay? The throughout the impinges the impinges impinges itself on, on me that possible during the destruction of Mu when the land was being torn to pieces by earthquakes, great catalysmic waves rolled in over Easter Island and drowned all the inhabitants. The ancient Amazon route. Two of the most puzzling questions I have to solve to be the slightest bit satisfied with my work was to tell how now this is what they're waiting now. How Negroes got to Atlantis and how Negroes got to Africa. Two facts had to be faced. The fact one the fact one of all the earth was peopled from Mu, the motherland. Fact two, the home of the Negro in the motherland was at the southwest corner of Mu, which is now represented by various clusters of islands called Melanesia. And here today are Negroes, descendants of those who were saved when Mu was engulfed. Okay, so what did that tell you? What did that tell you? The great land of Mu, or Elmuria, all were Moors. Like I said before, uh, the island Maui, Hawaii, Maui is the ancient, another ancient word for Moor. Let me move along. The, the Tibetan, the Tibetan tablet made answers to questions which inhabitants, inhabitants of the Melanesian island proved it. We must first differentiate differentiate between the two typical black-skinned races of Africa. First, the black-skinned Grecian featured straight-haired Ethiopian. He is not a Negro. He is a Tamil who first settled in the lower part of India, which he called Dravida. He came from the, which is the, the, the Dravidians, okay? Okay, he came from the motherland to India via the Malay Islands, and then from India came to East Africa. He called 
his settlements in East Africa, Ethiopia. Now, I meant to uh, mind a lot of people. Ethiopia is a Greek term. The, uh, the, uh, the country is Abyssinia. Ethiopia is a Greek uh, artificial uh, concept, uh, concept. Okay? That's why when the prophet says, uh, you are not Negroes, blacks, colors, or Ethiopians. That's what he meant, because he knew that Ethiopia was another uh, artificial social construct. Okay? The word is Abyssinia. The country is Abyssinia. Some people may say Nubia or the Nubian people. Okay, let me move along here. Okay, there are Hindu records stating that the companies of the Tamils from South India migrated from India to a great land in the West. They settled and became a great nation. Says here, second, the black-skinned, kinky-haired, let me say it again, the black-skinned, kinky-haired, flat-nosed, thick-lipped, coarse-featured Negro pure, the original home of the Negro where he was given his black skin and developed his coarse features was in the southwest corner of Mu. The Bismarck Islands, the Solomon Islands, and the New Hebrides, and to intermediate islands are his home to this very day. When I was in the service, I seen some of the Hebrides. I seen some of the Solomon Island people. I can testify this is true. From ancient times, like I say, the New Hebrides, the Solomon Islands, the Bismarck Islands, these are islands that were left from the great land of Elmuria or Lemuria, or sometimes called Mu. Now, here's his, here, here's his statement. This is his statement, not mine. It said, here his the descendants are pure Negroes and the worst savages among the islands of the Pacific Ocean. One of the characteristics of the children of the motherland was that when they emigrated or went on long journeys, they invariably selected all water routes, or, I'm sorry, all water routes, all as will be seen by the accompanying map. There was a clear, unimpeded, all water route, motor route from the motherland to Africa, Asia Minor by way of Amazonian Sea. The Negroes and Negroids coming from the southwest corner of Mu would skirt the coast until they came to the Easter Island Point. From there, they would cross over to the American canals, then through the Amazonian Sea to the, ocean, to the Atlantic Ocean. On arriving at the Atlantic, they would make for the lower point of Atlantis. From this point, they could go directly east and strike the shores of Africa, a little north of Nigeria. Or they could follow the coastline of Atlantis as far north as the Canary Islands, where they would be only 70 miles from the African coast. In 1878, went in the Caroline Islands, which, is, which, which was... Uh, the land that was left from the moon when it sunk. The natives told me that the people who occupied these islands, when the islands were not islands but a great land, had very large boats of which they sailed all over the world and were sometimes gone for more than a year before, before they returned. 
Valmiki, the Hindu sage historian writing from ancient temple records, said that the children of the motherland were mighty navigators. Mighty navigators means more, because more also means navigator. But a lot of us in this country don't know that we are Moors. You speak the word indigenous, aborigine, our Moroccan, Moor, Matashtan, they want to know what the hell you're talking about. That's how so deeply sleep our people are. I mean, seriously, that's how deeply sleepy they are. Almost dead. Sometimes you might as well say they're dead. But they need to wake up. Because the sand in the hourglass is getting very, very, very low. And the hour is late. As I always say, the hour is late, but it's not too late. Okay? For our people to wake up in time to save themselves because that's what it's about uh, that's what it's getting ready to come to okay I'll get back on this later when I finish this lecture alright Vilmiki the Hindu sage historian writing from ancient, from ancient temple records said that the children of the motherland were mighty navigators who took their ships from the eastern to the western oceans and from south, southern to the northern seas and days so remote that the India was only a colony and had not yet become an empire. It was more than 30,000 years that India was, was turned from a colony and a colonial empire. Now I'm going to say again, the same thing I said about Ethiopia. Okay, India is a social artificial construct. Or I would say that in a European uh, social artificial construct. The uh, country is named Hindu. That is the name of the country. Okay, India is the is the. Okay. Let me move on. The South Sea Islanders and their native craft today often make a thousand-mile trips, as is shown by various documents, Atlantis had a colored population in the South. I have never come across any documents showing that any Negroes were known in Central and North America. Being in Atlantis and none being in Central and North America, the question was, how did they get into Atlantis? Subsequently, the Tibetan map answered the question. They came through the Amazonian Sea, therefore never touched Central or North America, which is a damn lie. Okay, In Africa, the Negroes and Negroids spread themselves out, multiplied, and prospered up to the time the mountains were raised. Then they suffered. The Zulus have a tradition that they did not always live in South Africa. They only came to South Africa from their home in the north, when nearly all the people were destroyed by the raising of the mountains, a company escaped with their lives and came to South Africa. These were the forefathers of the Zulu nation. 
I hope everybody heard that. That's listening to the show tonight. The Zulu actually did not did not really originate in South Africa. The Zulu roots come from North Africa. See, it's a long history of American, Australian, New Zealand, and African people. It's a long history, very steep in ancient history. That we a lot of our people still, even some of the best historians, still haven't haven't discovered or know anything, know anything about. That shows you, uh, we those who that are enlightened, those who are conscious enough, still have a lot of work to do, a lot of work. Okay, what turned the Amazonian Sea into a swamp? To the record, the complete. Uh, to the record, complete. This question should be answered. The answer is because the water was drawn out of it by the lowering of the level of the Atlantic Ocean. This necessitates the answering of another question: Why was the level of the Atlantic Ocean lowered? Answer: Atlantis was submerged. This made a great hole in the Atlantic Ocean, thousands of miles from east to west, and thousands of miles from north to south. Thousands of feet deep. To fill up this hole and level off the waters again, the water had to flow from all sides. So much was drawn in that it resulted in lowering the level of the ocean hundreds of feet. The lowering of the level of the Atlantic Ocean drained out the Amazonian Sea, the Mississippi Valley, and the St. Lawrence Valley. It emerged Florida and extended the coastlines on both sides of the Atlantic and a few other interesting little things we have escaped the notice of geologists. That's where a lot of up the East Coast, uh, especially during uh, the south, of the southeast coast of America or the United States of America, North America, have emerged from from Atlantis. A lot of this happened before the Great Drift. All this was all, all, all the all the continents was, was one and the same merged together before the Great Drift, which was called Pangaea. It says here, the Bible relates to the waters of the flood that rose 26 feet and covered the mountains 
And in the book of Psalms, there is a reference before the mountains were raised. Many of the Central Asiatic tribes, now note, now note, now note now, we are called Asiatic people. We are Asiatic people now, okay? Many of the Central Asiatic tribes date their time from the raising of the, Him- of the Himalayas and the mountains of Central Asia. The Zulus claim they were that they came to South Africa from the north, as their country in the north was ruined by the raising of the mountains. Legend says that the hundreds of millions of lives were lost during the raising of the raising of the Asiatic mountains. Okay. Okay, that's where the word, okay, when you're dealing with move, that is the root word of the word more. It became M-U, then it became M-U apostrophe U-R, more. It's been documented. It's in documentation. It's in the Library of Congress. You can check that out. You know, uh, like I said before, I want you to do your own research. Just don't take what I'm saying. Do your own research. Okay, now we're going to go into the book, First World Order. The book was written by Dr. Aline, or I may say Dr. Asura Aline Nutapak El Bay. He has a lot of information in here dealing also with the island of Mu, or uh, dealing with the Hawaiian Islands. Okay, just bear with me just a second here. Okay. Okay, dealing with the tribes here. We have Article 1. There shall be perpetual peace and friendship between the citizens of the United States of America and the individuals composing the Washita, Washita, Wichita, Wichita, 
Itiwa, Utah, and Choctaw. And the Comanche Nations and their associated bands are tribes of Indians, and between these, nations or tribes. Nations or tribes, because the, some people call their tribes nations. I prefer nations, but that's why you hear me say uh, tribal nation. Okay? Okay, nations or tribes in the Cherokee, Muscogee, Choctaw, Osage, Seneca, and Kalpa nations or tribes of Indians. Okay, Article Article 10. This treaty shall be obligatory on the nations or tribes parties thereto from and after the date hereof and on the United States from and after its ratification by the government thereof, done and signed and sealed at Camp Holmes. This is the Camp Holmes Treaty. Okay, on uh, anybody want to ask you? Uh, well, uh, I'm 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 the Washita. Uh, I'm the United uh, United Washita Dido Damandia Moor Empire, and I'm of the Choctaw Nation. Okay, just tell me what do, what treaties have you signed? You tell them the Cap Holmes Treaty. We have treaties. Okay, you want to claim yourself as a nation? What treaty have you signed? Well, we have a Camp Holmes Treaty. I just read, like I just read it to you just now. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna read this over again. Okay, Article Ten. This treaty shall be obligatory on the nations or tribes parties there, there uh, hereto from and after the data hereof, and on the United States from after its ratification by the United States thereof, done and signed and sealed at Camp Holmes on the eastern border of the Grand Prairie, near the Canadian River, in Muscogee Nation, or in the Muscogee Nation, this 24th day of August, 1,800 years and 35. That means it was, it was signed on the 24th of August, 1935. Okay, and of the independence of the United States, the 60th. Therefore, since we are not U.S. citizens, and we will never be U.S. citizens, and that's one thing a lot of our people got to get into their minds and into their heads, you know, we are not U.S. citizens, and never be U.S. citizens. Uh, you will, to say yourself as a U.S. citizen, uh, when you, a lot of us, when we go um Fill out uh, uh, what you call uh, applications for jobs and uh, so on. You know, you think that what they're asking you, uh, have you been born here in this country? And are you here working illegally? I mean, are you here working legally? Uh, Are you here legally working here in the United States of America? That's not what they're asking you. What they're asking you, are you an employee of the United States Corporation? That's what they're asking you. Of course, they're not going to tell you that, that that's what they're asking you, okay? That's what it says here, and I repeat again, that, that therefore, since we are not U.S. citizens and will never be U.S. citizens, at least according to the United Supreme United States Supreme Court, and that was uh, stated openly at the Dred Scott decision. We have the right to determine our own citizenship. One, 
cannot be forced to be a citizen. Okay? I'm going to get that out of the way. This piece of, this piece of information out of the way because it needs to be, uh, you know, understood. Okay? Now, I'm going to read another part of this treaty. Okay? It says here, the treaty with the Wachita, with the, with the Wichita, Washita, Wachita, Wichita, Oshita, Oshe, Atawa, Itiwa, Itao, Choctaw, known by these various names, and the Comanche, 1835, August 24, 1835, the Proclamation, May 19, 1836, treaty with the Wichita and Comanche Native American tribes and their associated bands for the purpose of establishing and perpetrating peace and friendship between the United States of America and the Wichita, Washita, Wichita, Itiwa, Utah, Utah, and Choctaw, etc., and the Comanche nations and their associated bands or tribes of natives, and between these nations or tribes and the Cherokee, Muscogee, Choctaw, Osage, Seneca, Kaupaw, Nations or tribes of natives, the President of the United States has to accomplish this desirable object and to aid therein appointed Governor M. Uh, Governor M. Stokes and M. Buckle, Brigadier General, United States Army, and uh, F. W. Armstrong, Acting Superintendent, Western Territory Commissioner on the part of the United States and the said government. M. Stokes and Arch R. Buckle, Brigadier General, United States Army, with the chiefs and representatives of the Cherokee, Muscogee, Choctaw, Osage, Seneca, and Choctaw nations or tribes of natives have met the chiefs of warriors and representatives of the tribes, first above named, at Camp Holmes on the eastern border of the Grand Prairie near Canadian River in the Muscogee Nation. And after the full deliberation, the said nations or tribes have agreed with the United States and with one another upon the following articles. I've read them all. Uh, uh, read the, uh, them all I've already read them to you already, so I'm not going to go into that. Okay. Here we have it. The Kingdom of the Hawaiian Nation International Peace Treaty with Emperor Washita de the Mundia. I'm going to read this again. Okay, for those who didn't know this, dealing with the uh, Elburia, what was it, uh, <clears throat> the land that was left at the, the great uh, sucking of that land, that great land, Elburia, or Lemuria, if you want to call it. It says here, the Kingdom of Hawaiian, of Hawaii Nation, International Peace Treaty with, Emperor, with the Empire Washita de Dudamundia, between the monarchs, His Majesty Akaunui. King and sovereign ruler of the Kingdom of Hawaii Nation or the Hawaiian Nation, and Her Highness Viriachi Tierra, Washita Turner, Gustin L. Bay, Empress of the Empire Washita de Damandia, place and date, signed on the island of Maui. On the island of Maui. What did I say about Maui earlier? What did I tell you about the island of Maui? Maui is the ancient word for more. Because the Hawaiian Islands, uh, the Samoans, all of those are Moors. Okay? Okay. I'm going to read it again. Sign on the island of Maui in the kingdom of Hawaii. 
the 30th day of the third month of the year of our Lord and Savior, the King of Kings, 1,997. 1997. Preamble. No, all men and all women this day that the Empress of Washington first hereby proclaims peace and the warmest love to the good and kind King of Hawaii, His Majesty Akanui, to Her Highness Akihi Wahine, and to the people of the Kingdom of Hawaii. And whereas His Majesty Akanui and Her Highness Akahi Wahine likewise extend aloha and peace to the people of the Empire Washita de Dabandia. I like, kind of like this. I'm going to read this over again. Whereas His Majesty Akihi Nui and Her Highness Akahi Wahini likewise extend aloha and peace to the people of the Empire Washita Dida the remnant of the ancient mound builders of Mu, ancient ones, our ancient family. They're our family. The Hawaiian people and the Samoans are. Okay. You want to do some more research on that? Do that also. During the same year, Sergeant Willard Wanao from Army Intelligence in Oahu is one of the leading authorities reported the ruins of the submerged El Murian or Lemurian city between Oahu and Maui. Maui or Mu, Aslan Atlantis, is known by the Tamarini or the Tamarinu Kamaatu Egyptian priests, the Omecas, Shi people, named after their Kushite language, Ula, which means vacate. When the Omecas, there was actually a North Ula and a South Ula. The word Ula means plural, which became Atlan. At Lee, which is the word which the word Atlantis came from. Plato said, Now in the island of Atlantis there was a great and wonderful empire which had ruled over the whole island and several others, Caribbean as well as parts of the continent, North, South, Central America, and besides these they subjected parts of Libya, Africa within the columns of Heraclius. Gibraltar, as far as Egypt and the Europe, as far as the Hyrenian Sea, both Atlas and Atlantis and Elmuria. Lemuria were above the ocean's water level, above 32,000 years over, I'm sorry, uh, they were above level over 32,000 years ago. There was a great catalytic event around 30,000 years ago that sank a portion of, of Atlantis. A second event took place 19,000 years ago that caused much of the destruction to Atlantis. On what has been figured as June 5th, 10,498 years ago, there was an opposition of the sun, Venus, moon, and earth. It was then these three large islands part of the Atlantic Empire sank. hope a lot of you got that.
here we have the Southwest is referred to to the Mexicans as At as Atzen, a part of Mayan and Aztec mythology, whose location was not determined to be in the U.S. mail in 1968. Okay. Okay. The priest referred to the destruction of Mu or Atlantis when he states, there have been many destructions of humanity, and you remember a single deluge only. They became the people that would be called the Martians, Egyptians, and she people, Omecas, Mayans, Aztecs, Incas, Totecs, and Native Americans of North America, even the Tibetans. Here's, here's, here's something that's taken from the uh, what, from the book or what they had never told you in history class by Indus Kemet Kush. In the 4th century, a Chinese missionary under the Shang dynasty named Zhu Shan, or Ho Shan, came to America in search of his people, who were the first Yi, meaning, the Yi people meaning black Chinese. I'm going to say this again. In the 4th century, a Chinese missionary under the Shang dynasty named Zhu Xing came to America in search of his people who were the first, uh, who were the East, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, who were the East Yi, East Yi meaning black Chinese. When the Chinese arrived, they encountered the Olmecs, the Xi, 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 or Xi people who had already been living on the land. These Chinese considered the black Olmecs as the descendants of the black Chinese, Yi people. Hoshan's people settled and mixed in with the Olmecs and produced the Aboriginal, or the Aborigine, meaning the first, the, from the first beginning of original people here in North America. Okay. The Olmecs gave the lower kingdom to these aborigines, which means one, and the Chinese word Xing, named after Hu Xing. Did you know that there was uh, that there is a province in China today called Shan or Xing, and that this is the site of the only Chinese pyramid? Did you know that? And it's one of, if not the largest pyramid on earth. It's not the one, not one of the largest. The Muxing people, Mixing, and eventually Mexican or Mexico. The Aborigines called themselves Mexicans, and they remixed with the Olmecs, which resulted in a subtribe called Hopi. The Hopi clan was taught the religion of the Dogon and given the secrets of the stars. Several hundred years after the Hindu East, Indians arrived in Mexico and they bred in with the Mexicans and produced Mongoloid tribes like the Inuit and the Eskimo, who emerged from far north to Canada and Alaska. Chronicles of the Chinese, it speaks about their travels in North America over 1,000 years ago. It refers to the natives or it refers, it refers to the natives are entirely 
They're given they're given a description of what the people look like, okay? What the natives of North America look like. It refers to the natives are entirely black. They talk about the scorched pygmy people. Also uh, uh actually means twa people. Now pygmy is another social artificial construct. The word is twa. We're talking about uh, the Aborigines, people who are very, very, very short people in stature, okay? Okay, these people have clothing, caps, sashes, and swords. They have tigers and panthers, which are gentle and tame. They eat millet and wild beasts and have numerous varieties of birds, It says there, a matrix unveiled and the republic betrayed. The term Moor has the ancient root of Mara, found in the old Moorish or Tamarang or Tamaru. The old Moorish language is what, what, uh, what has to become to be known as Egyptian, Hebrew, and American languages, respectively. Because of the word MR, an abbreviation of Mr. and Master, comes from the old Moorish language or letters. Dealing with old Moorish Latin, okay? This is our this is who we are and this is who I and this is our history. When so when you uh uh see a book called The Children of Mu by James Churchward. Get the book. Get the book. It's our history. They talk about two million years ago. Millions of years ago. Even millions of years ago before the so-called uh, white people was even on uh, existed on the planet. Because at one time they did not exist. We were the only one that was here. Everybody else came much, 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 much later. Okay? I just want to uh, uh, say this also. Dealing with the word Amaruka. Amarica um, is the or the origin of the modern term America, that has that has absolutely to do with the makeup, or has uh, has absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing to do with the made-up personage historical call, historically called Amerigo Vespucci. Nor did Cristobal Colon or Christopher Columbus discover America, or actually exist the term a term America is far older than the 15th century. In the Time magazine, they produced a copy of the oldest known map of North America. The article stated that the ancient Libyan Arabic script. 
the first century B.C. in the center of the continent, i.e. Nevada is the word Amara. It's more. And, pro- and possibly being the origin of the word America. Barry Fell, emeritus professor at Harvard University and author of Saga America, Time Book states that America probably has nothing to do with Amerigo Vespucci. Also, see ISIS unveil for more info on this subject. Dr. Fell indicates several pre-Columbian cultures in the United States West, finding rich evidence of an early Arabic source. So the so-called English common law is the exoteric public name for mesoteric scholarly term, Muslim customary law, and the esoteric known only to the select and limited elite. Okay, when they say exoteric, E-X-O-T-E-R-I-C, that means the outer meaning. And the esoteric is the hidden meaning or inner meaning. Okay? You must know the difference between the two. The term Muslim law herein used has very, very little, if at all, to do with Islamic law of the Quran coming out of Arabia. The law of nations is a divine law of Haq and is in no way religious for religious come and go, but truth is and was and shall last forever. And it will be always be. The term Muslim refers to Moors, M-O-R-S or M-O-R-E-S, and not Muslims. The word Moor or M-O-R or M-O-O-R is more than the Moros or M-A-U-R-O-S, M-A-U-R-U-S or dark-skinned, spiral-haired person. This word Muslim, Moor, is originally rooted in the Maru Hebrew not to be confused with the Yiddish Hebrew of the Ashkenazi or Khazarian, passed off as a biblical Hebrew and has some poetic meanings of brilliant, uh, brilliance, brightness, even light of the world. It's more. Analytical meaning is to advance its consciousness and conduct or to be more, M-O-O-M-O-O-R-E. That's the name and the last name, uh, the, the actor, Shamar Moore. And the masses, a true Muslim, uh, Muslim or more, is born, and it's not a matter of skin, color, or race association. The law of nations reordained and is reestablished by the amalgamated Moors, M-O-R-E-S or M-O-O-R-E, about 13,000 years ago, what is now called family of nations. The family of nations up until 1914 was headed by a Bay Empire, a.k.a. Ottoman Empire, that extended to the American continent ruled by the aboriginal and sovereign people called Lenny Lenape, that is, we the people. Lenny Lenape means we the people, or the nappy-headed ones, who established the United States of Monaco, or Morocco, 
also pronounced Morocco. Moroccan or Moroccan Empire and the family of nations consists of a three-league government erroneously called Iroquois, Algonquin, and Susian, erroneously called that, and 17 independent Republican states with thousands of countries, towns, and even villages, cities. The phrase family of nations is codified into in Black's Law Dictionary in the seventh edition. It is a word of art, form constructed to confuse or misguide the average unlearned reader. The phrase family of nations is also mentioned in the uh, uh uh, what addition? I don't know what addition is within the, the definition of the United States. This term has several meanings. It may be merely, completely, or wholly the name of a sovereign occupying the position and the law to that other sovereigns in the family of nations. A lot of people, when before you go get nationalized, I know there's a lot of pop. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of. You're not going to lose anything. I know a lot of you think you're going to lose something. You know you're going to afraid to you know lose some benefits or something like that. But uh, I'm here to tell you uh, that that's not true. That's not true. You know, but before you get nationalized, you really need to know, learn and read and study what nationality is, what nationality means, and what it means to you to be an American national or a more national. Because more and American are both synonymous terms. They mean the same thing. Because America comes from Morocco or Al Morocco. All uh, Morocco, uh, Monaco, all that comes from the word mu. They're also the root word of more. They're all one and the same. Anybody want to ask you, what is a more? Well, what is that? It's a, per- it's, it's, uh, a, per- a person, a natural person. If I may add, a natural person who is indigenous and aborigine and autochthonous of any country in the world. Of the world. That is a more. Not just here in North America, but all continents and all over countries in the world. Even the original Europeans were Moors. The original. Europeans, the ab original, the Aborigine indigenous people of Europe were Moors, believe it or not. Read the book Part One and Part Two of Ancient and Modern Britons, 
Ancient and Modern Britons by David McRichtie. He will drop a lot of science and knowledge on that. I repeat, part one and part two of the books Ancient and Modern Britons by David McRichtie. Look it up. And if you don't have the book The First World Order by Dr. Asura Alim Nutapaki Bay, The First World Order. Look on his website and get that book. Excellent book. It must for everybody's or everybody's library. Not just Moors, not just national Moors. Everybody's library. And every nationality so we all can be educated. So we won't be hurting and killing up each other so fast. Because we be educated. Everybody needs to know. Everybody needs to know the truth. And not what the truth, what someone said is. Okay. <clears throat> said the God of North America, a Mexican, was called Xaman, or she Amen. Amen, Amen Raka. Amen Raka equals Ameruka. A M E R U K A. Repeat this again. The God of North Amexum was called Xaman, or Salmon, or she Amen. Amen, Amen Raku. Equals Amaruka. Amaruka associated with the richness and abundance. This following article is rebuttal to Newsweek from Dr. Henry L. N. Anderson. Okay, it says here by the editor Sharon Beckley and Andrew Moore's article Who Were the First Americans? Newsweek, April 26, 1999, is so contrived it is a rather transparent as a purely political piece. It is too flawed, too merit consideration as anything more than a stage presentation designed to serve clandestine purposes. Even a casual reader of the article might misuse use it at the Bering Strait theory of the Bering Strait theory of Asians crossing over to what are now called Canada and the United States. It is well established that the continents were once joined as one landmass, so no one had to cross over going in the that either direction except of course as was the pattern of traders and merchants, hunters and explorers, travelers and adventurers. The evidence clearly substantiates who were the first occupants of the landmass referred to as Canada and the United States of America. It is abundantly and abundant in historical archives and one would think that this information is available to such a prestigious journal as Newsweek. That's Newsweek, or they don't want you to know. More means land. That means we are the land. That means if we 
excuse me, that means they have to give the land back to us as land people. That's why they want you to keep on calling yourselves black, people of color, African-American, Afro-American, all of these name brands. Keep on calling yourself all these, giving yourself all these name brands to keep you in bondage. Because they are not only in debt, the United States Corporation is not only in debt to China, it's also in debt to us as a people, as a nation of people. They're in debt to us, but they have have us paying the so-called debt. Why? Because the vast majority of us keep calling ourselves black, Negro, colored, Afro-American, African-American, and people of color. We keep calling ourselves that. Because the treaty, or any treaty, was never made by any black, Negro, uh, people of color, or African-American people. It was made with indigenous people, Moors, Aborigines. So therefore, we cannot, uh, once, we still, once we start calling, them, uh, calling ourselves that, and then we'll get somewhere. But uh, uh, once we, I mean, uh, no, we're still calling them, as more we still call ourselves black and all this African American, all this nonsense, then they can't help it. We can't be held there as in debt to us. This is this should be easily understood among your among your most so-called black or African American scholars. Now, uh, you said, I mean, like the word, it has a connection, more has a connection uh, when you say you're an indigenous, although indigenous is an adjective, but it does describe or support the noun aborigine, which is a noun. The indigenous aborigine American people. Are the indigenous Aborigine more? Well, I say it again. I, I say it again. I say it again. More in American has, has uh, both are synonymous terms or synonymous meanings. We are the original Americans. We are the Americans. Stop calling these European people Americans. They are not Americans. It is no uh, unbiased what I'm saying against them. It's not that I have any hatred against them at all. But you're calling them out of their names, and they call it themselves out of their names. When they call themselves that. In order to them, for them to be an actual American, they have to be indigenous and aboriginal to this country. They have to be autochthonous to this country, which they are not. That's not hate or being prejudiced or having any biased feelings against anyone. I'm just only speaking the truth. 
Okay, let me go on here. The Trail Guide, Poverty Point State Community of oh, some else, I'm sorry. It says here the prehistoric, the prehistoric and uh, historic Indians in Louisiana built mounds for religious and ceremonial reasons. About 12,000, 14,000 years ago. I'm going to read this over again because I have a friend that lives in Louisiana. I hope I hope she haven't went to sleep on me, so I hope she's listening to this lecture. Okay? I'm going to read this carefully. And other my other relatives live in Louisiana as well. Okay? I want you all to listen to this uh, very carefully, those of you in Louisiana. It says here, <clears throat> in prehistoric historic Historic Indians in Louisiana built mounds for religious and ceremonial reasons. 12,000 to 14,000 years ago, soils blown by the wind covered Mason Ridge and, finally, the Coles Creek Indians, who lived over 1,000 years after the Poverty Point people had built six mounds just to the south of Poverty Point. His story or his story regularly lied to the people, whether about Jesse James, the outlaw, or Columbus, the discoverer of the New World, or agreements with those who inhabited this land before Europeans or any others came over. A clear and perfect example is the big lie known historically as the Louisiana Purchase. And all his story, his hyphen story books I ever read. The U.S. purchased from France all the territory that came to be known as the 13 original colonies. Is this not what you were taught? Documents within the historical archives to the contrary shows what was purchased was nothing more or less than the streets of New Orleans and one military barracks. That's it. That's it. That's all that was purchased. New Orleans and, a mil- and one military barracks that actually belonged to them. But other than that, the rest belonged to us. From all the way from the Gulf of Mexico to all the way through Canada. It's Washington territory. Belongs the indigenous Aboriginal American people. So the landmass the landmass of the so-called original colonies belonged to the ancient ones, the Empire Washita Didamundia, those indigenous people who called themselves mound builders, who demonstrated construction technology more advanced than pyramid technology and centuries centuries older. In 1992, the Washita history received international recognition as a sovereign body and officially became the indigenous nation, number 215 in the United Nations Indigenous Peoples Register and officially recognized as the oldest indigenous people on earth. Okay? Could this information and evidence have accidentally escaped your researchers? Or is that... Or is there some hanky-panky 
and heard it in the report. Sponsored article, one whose outcome or conclusion was foreknown, is the, is the politic of the article in question aimed at moving on the growth, wealth, and power of the so-called Native Americans to deprive them of those legal entitlements which sheltered the creation of this wealth from land and through their gambling casino operations. Those of you know what I'm talking about, the gambling casino operations that a lot of these so-called Native Americans are dealing with now. Those are the sellouts. Okay. Let me move along here. If Native Americans can be known not to have been the first inhabitants and instead Asians whom we have safely boxed out or plugged in as the first Americans, will this not create the scientific evidence needed by certain factions within state legislatures to booster legislation designed to strip Native Americans of such God-given ancient rights? Of course, Newsweek could hardly admit to the above conclusion, even if it agreed. So the question is radical. I mean, I mean I'm sorry. Radical, really. The question is radical. Take the current favor over President Thomas Jefferson, lineage of children of color. How so serving, naive, and pompous is the editorializing of the fanfare over identifying and acknowledging these colored biological relatives of the former president of the United States of America. Distortions in history and his story. H-I-S hyphen story or history continue unabated. For example, who talks about the colored children of President Thomas Jefferson's sisters? New Orleans was no cradle of Thomas Jefferson's children. The children sired by so-called white men and colored women. It is was also well fed by the president's sisters' children, fathered by colored males. Of course, and the structures both reference are symbolic of the truths that history has declined to tell. So much has been untold since sincere writers often cannot recognize the truth. Begley, Mir, the writers who were the first Americans cannot claim such ignorance. Their effort seems a plan and deliberate distortion. For example, the ancient ones are described throughout documents found within the historical archives as looking like people of West Africa, black, broad nose, and thick lips. In their article, Begley and Moore used a Don, Don paragraph to allude to any, any possible connection to the indigenous people. Spirit caveman bears less resemblance to American Indians than he does does to any other ethnic group except African Bushmen. How insulting. Not at all. How consistent. This is the reality. Are there any extremes to which European descendants will not go to have their wishes? Well, you will be the judge. The institution of slavery was invented not because pioneers needed affordable laborers who could withstand the heart and hard work 
No one withstood more heat, hard work, disease, suffering, terror, and death than those who crossed the plains, stealing, claiming native lands. Slavery is perhaps the oldest known strategy for depriving people of their birthrights without wholesale slaughter, whether such birthrights be water and its contents, space and air, or land, what's above and what's below. Since the ancient ones looked since the ancient ones looked like people from West Africa, why not import, import really from West Africa make slaves of them into a reign of terror, violence, intimidation, then pass laws forbidding Africa, mix, I mean, forbidding slaves or their descendants from owning land? After all, they all look alike, don't they? How clever. What a stroke of genius. And so on in the naive naive Steven Spielberg with the sincere intentions and support of Debbie Allen had his character Anthony Hopkins defined for the rebellious darkies, their reality in Amistad, the movie about mutiny on a slave ship or slaver ship, slavery that is our story, how elementary, how distorted, how consistent. The American story says that George Washington was the first president of the United States, who appoints a military general is not a president. Then, obviously, there was an American president that made George Washington, or Washita, where he got his name Washington from, because the term Washita is, um, and Washington is an English derivative of the indigenous word Washita, believe it or not. It's the English Washington of Washita, Denzel Washington, Kerry Washington. You can say and truthfully say their names is Denzel Washita and Kerry Washita. Like Tunica. One of my middle names is Tunica. The indigenous term, but the English term of Tunica is Turner. Do your own research. Don't uh, take my word for it. Do your own research. Let me move along here. Read this over again here. Here. The American story says that George Washington was the first president of the United States of America. Who appoints a military general if not a president? Then, obviously, there was an American president that made George Washington, or Washita, a general. Some Washita presidents before George Washington were President H. Knox, 1779, President John Henson, 17... I'm sorry. Uh, such <clears throat> Some Washita presidents before George Washington were President H. Knox, 1779, President John Henson, 1782, President... M. Ware, 1782, President Richard Henry Lee, 1785, President Cyrus Griffin, 1788, to name five Washita descendants of the ancient zones of the indigenous people of this land. Your first, very first, very, very, very first president was a Moor, meaning an indigenous Aborigine American. President George Washington was the ninth, not the first. He was the ninth president 
Uh, he was the first president under the Constitution. President John Henson was the first president under the Articles of Confederation. Okay? Which only had a one-year term. They only served one year on the Articles of Confederation. Let me read this for you. President George Washington was the ninth, not the first president, and he was chosen under the pretext he could better he could better negotiate and interface with Europeans, and he represented a federally incorporated state, a foreign corporation to the original thirteen colonies, the only leg of legality the United States of America had to stand on. It's a statutory system that has done little but rob its own citizens of their liberties, which is own citizens, which means their own European brethren. Not only us, but their own people. Okay? Okay. Okay. Let me see here. I'm I leave that. Okay. Is a statutory system that has done little but rob its own citizens uh, of, of liberties, keep them under control and fearful of their own government. Washita Post, January 1999, page 2. Empress of the Washita history never sanctioned the creation of the federal corporation known as the United States of America. Begley and Muir joined a, lit- a litany of scientific researchers, film makers, filmmakers, historians, archaeologists, anthro- anthropologists, and, of course, politicians who periodically reinforced the party line a self-serving view of human events that bears no reliable relationship to the truth. They provide the kindling for fires of atrocities which plague our human race. We now consistent with the manner in which European descendants handed ancient realities. Oh, it's a question. What now consistent with the manner in which European descendants have ancient realities? How will the American Indian question be dealt with. What atrocities lie lurking on the horizon for thousands who cherish relatively newfound access and privilege? Who will claim responsibility for the possible violence that is being fueled by the faulty contrived research represented by the Begley Mirror article? Who were the first Americans? The question really is, who are the people who will go to any extreme to maintain control over the lives and resources of this earth? Are they mad? Yes, they are. Are they so inherently evil that Malcolm X could could find no English word better to refer to them as devils? Yes, they are. Newsweek is involved in all other media banks, corporations, elements within governments in a sense we are all involved actively or passively and you must understand that this uh, this world is ran by a bunch of maniacs for maniacal ends they're ran by criminally insane people because you have to be criminally insane to do the things and have things done 
all these wars, all this famine, all this starvation and misery being done intentionally to the people all over the world. And it takes a criminally sane mind person, a maniac, to design something like that. Okay. But now, consistent with the mind on which European descendants handle ancient realities, how would the American Indian question be dealt with? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to to another uh, paragraph. Uh, But not all. European descendants are among the devils who beguile civilization. Many are sons and daughters of brothers and sisters of those who look like West Africans. The ancient ones, the oldest indigenous people on the face of the earth, offspring and therefore children of the Washita history. The Washita history supports the Empress Viriachi Tierra Washita Turner Augustin Bay, her imperial highness, in her quest to collect reparation in the amount of $388 billion for the use of the 68,833 acres of land, which was returned to her in 1992 by the state of Louisiana for recovery and the use of the natural resources located in or on the above listed 68,833 acres of land and other, other funds owed to her, her family, and the nation by the sad state of Louisiana and the United States are better known as the 13 colonies, the United States of America and the federal government. Additionally, reparations is being sought in the amount of $80 trillion from the United States or better known as the 13 colonies. Now, you and I both know there's no way in hell they can pay us, pay us that money back. But that's how much they are in debt to us. But the problem is, if most of our people want to be black, Negroes, African-Americans, Afro-Americans, and people of color. That agreement is between the European nations and the Moors, the indigenous, aborigine, autonomous American people. Most, the vast majority of us are not calling ourselves that. Don't want to be called indigenous. Don't want to be called aborigines. Don't want to be called Moors. Don't want to be called autochthonous. We want to be known as black people. Afro-Americans, African-Americans, people of color. Therefore, they are not bound to give us that money back. But when we come into our proper person, when we come back into our proper person as Moors, 
as Aborigines, indigenous people, then that's when they are truly, that's when they are truly indebted to us. That's when they are truly indebted that $388 trillion to our people. I'm running out of time, but if anybody have any questions, uh, you can call this number at 910-364-9099. 910-364-9099, or you can call me at 314-644-4425, 314-644-4425. As I say before, I don't, I don't wish to insult or to... Uh, uh, step on anyone's toes. I'm here to educate, or what I can say, not educate. I don't like that word educate. I say I'm here to inform, to inform the people, and to inform the world at large, not just Asiatic Moorish people, but people at large, people of the Asia, China, Korea, Japan, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia people of Mexico, San Salvador, Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Haiti, Panama, Brazil, Colombia, Chile, Venezuela. I'm talking to all of you. Before, but the but the rest of you are already in your proper persons. My people are not. So this is especially for my people, the Asiatic, more people. Okay. This is it for tonight. The lecture for tonight. So I hope I hope that uh, uh, I've done some good tonight. I have enlightened a lot of people tonight. And as I say, Ehawate Washita Ish, meaning may my spirit and your spirit spring forth with the jaguar. And also, Bawasamat, the Kunda, which means peace family. Peace. I'm out. <laughs>